1: Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to today's podcast episode. Our special guest today from Pennsylvania is Joshua Gillow. Welcome back to the program,
2: Joshua. Oh, Thanks for hanging me on, Paul. It's been, a, it's been a pleasure. Can't wait to chat today.
1: Yeah, one of the themes and trends I've been talking about on the podcast recently is how important it is that we make more money. One of the solutions to overcoming inflation and rising costs and things of that nature is If we make a lot more money, you know, we're going to be in a better position uh, to be able to tackle the future. And so one of the ways we make more money is to increase our sales. And so today I want to really pick your brain about how do we increase our sales next month and beyond.
2: How's that sound? Absolutely, dude. I'd love to talk about that. Sounds fantastic.
1: Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun, guys, on today's program. I want to say a big special thank you to one of our new sponsors, and that's our friends at Rainbird. And so if you would have told me 10, 11, 12 years ago, Joshua, when I'm in a garage, you know, thinking around with the Mo- the Rainbird module, that one day I'd have a podcast and Rainbird would sponsor my podcast. I don't even know if I would have had the faith to believe all that. But here we <laughs> are. And uh, guys, I'm so thankful to everyone who listens to the show every day. And the reason we're able to have the time and space to make these podcasts for the community is because of our sponsors. So thank you to Rainbird for uh, being one of our new sponsors. Now, they have a new controller. It's called the RC2. And so it basically take all the the best from their, their current controllers that were good, and they just use technology to make it even better. Um, So the real-time weather alerts, maybe, uh, I don't know if this has ever happened in Pennsylvania, Joshua, but you're driving down the road and it's pouring down rain and the guy's irrigation is watering his grass. Have you ever seen that?
2: Oh, I have. Yeah. And I've often <laughs> asked what the hell's going on. can yeah. technology fix that problem? Well, it can
1: now. Uh, with Good. Rainbird and uh, their mobile app interface, you could be sitting on the beach at Hawaii and, you know, programming uh, what's going on back at your house and, uh, so many better features um, with the technology out there uh, to make it more effective, um, ultimately saving our customers more money with their water bill and making it more convenient for us sure. to to uh, get them up and running with their irrigation. So to learn more about the RC2 controller and all the new technology that Rainbird has implemented into their already great products, um, check today's show notes for the Rainbird link. And again, welcome aboard, Rainbird. Really, really thankful. Um, to, to, I kind of have a dream list of brands I want to work with and uh, Rainbird's one of those brands. So it's, it's really cool uh to get to have the show sponsored by, you know, products that I've been using and, and making money, you know, from their product for years. So thank you, Rainbird. All righty, Joshua. So making more money, uh, I think, is on a lot of folks mind in this industry as a game plan to, to better position ourselves for the future So, talk a little bit about um, systems, processes for sales, how how we can
2: um, increase our sales. Yeah. So, you know, when it comes to sales, it's one of those things that, uh, we often think about constantly thinking about how can we we increase the traffic? How can we increase more and more people coming into our system, if you will, into our business that we can then turn out a profit or turn out revenue? And what happens is so often, you know, as business owners, we get so focused on the transaction, right? It's about mm-hmm. stacking transactions. How fast can I sell, 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 which is important, mm-hmm. but it's not really the core of the entire uh um, essence of what we're trying to do here. So the real focus is how can you be a better guide? Because if you focus on just trying to make sales, you're going to only focus on numbers and numbers, you know, they they don't have a human element to them. They're just numbers. Mm -hmm. So your clients feel that. And the next thing you're not getting the referrals that you should be getting, you might be doing excellent work, but only focused on the transactional side. So Mm -hmm. what I challenge you to do is start thinking more transformationally, thinking about, you know, when you're doing a project or you're even out mowing lawns or whatever you might be doing that you're doing it for more than just the act that Mm -hmm. you are thinking more along the lines of that transformation. How do you make their lives better? How do you make it more enjoyable for them? How do you take pressure off their lives so they can enjoy it more right through your service? Because when you do that, you're leveling up your value. And as you level up your value, you increase what you're worth to them, what they're willing to pay you. So instead of being stuck at an X amount per lawn basis, Mm -hmm. you know, if you're doing more stuff for them, next thing you know, we're adding more value, listening to what time is better for them for you to be there and making these flexible changes that make their lives easier, better, and, and more enjoyable, dude, you're, you can name your price that way, right? That's really the goal. So if you haven't figured that part out, that's a great way to transition into it. But thinking about transformation over transaction is going to help that. Now that works really well in our outdoor living spaces, right? That's what mm-hmm. we do, design, build outdoor living spaces. So that is huge there. Now on the service side, it's just a matter of connecting with your clients and guiding them through your process in order to give them a better result. Tell us a little bit more about your wheelhouse with what services uh, with the outdoor space that you're, um, you know, serving people with. Absolutely. So I own an outdoor living design managed firm in Pennsylvania where we build outdoor living spaces all over the state or eastern part of the state. And we specialize in projects where we have multiple uh, functions and, and, and features coming together. For instance, a deck, pool, patio—like you know, something simple like that. Uh, it could be very ornate, very simple. There's a lot of different ways that it can be done. But what we're doing is we're, we're bringing together these different functions, right? These different uh, features in, in a cohesive plan first, right? A three-dimensional, full-color model, and then we're managing the the install. So we're bringing in our specialists to do everything and taking that burden off the client. So you know our clients are are always thinking two questions is burning in their souls one is what's it going to look like and the second is What's it going to cost me? Mm. So we got to get to those two answers quickly for our clients. So mm. they don't feel like they're, you know, being strung along on a, you know, on a design that ends up costing 10 X what they expected it to, mm-hmm. or, you know, they get uh, a, a design that doesn't even reflect anything that they truly want. Or worst off, they get a design that looks amazing to the designer, but the homeowners have no use for half the crap that people put in it. Mm-hmm. Right. Cause the designer's like, well, I'm going to try to upsell them the fire pit and I'm going to upsell them a, a water feature and I'm going to upsell them with this and i upsell them that when they never wanted any of those things Uh so it's about listening being the guide Right, not the hero here; it's the guide. So as you're guiding somebody through the process, listening intentfully, using their words to help them understand your thoughts, the next thing you know, they start opening up. They start opening up their thoughts, their checkbook, their everything. They start becoming more honest with you, and then you can be much more efficient in your system, so you can get to a best solution faster. So that's really the you know the core essence of it all. So we do that here in Pennsylvania, uh, and then from over 25 years in the outdoor living you know arena, uh, I've learned a lot over those years. So is my team and. Now we share it with the industry through Yes Express. That's our uh, our consulting side, where we actually bring our systems and processes, you know, sales and designs uh, specifically to the uh, as a step by step process to teach others in our industry how to have those effective conversations, how to communicate on a higher level, how to do it. And, you know, be able to get your clients to say yes with a hell of a lot less stress, right? So there's ways to do that, that you can still bring your own personality to it, but also know that each time you can get a very similar result and not just you, but your team members, your staff, anybody who's talking or touching the client, that they can have a similar conversation. So you have a fluidity through the first call all the way through the final check. And then that's how you get more referrals. That's how you build your business and get that, that uh, reputation in your market.
1: Cool. Well, I'd like for you to share some of those tips and strategies with our audience of the customer, you know, calls you up and says, Hey, this is Susie. I heard about you, you know, from Martha and uh, we want want to get our backyard done. Uh, How do you go from that initial inquiry to the yes, where, you know, the job's complete and you're paid and it's a win-win that they're thrilled with the excellent work that your specialized team has done. And you're thankful because you made a bunch of money. How how do you um, successfully go through from the inquiry to the completed job and and everyone's happy on
2: both parties? That's a great, uh, great question, Paul. So uh, the main part of all of this is to understand that people that are willing to spend more money on outdoor living spaces, they like certainty and they like surety, right? What they don't want is someone who says yes, yes, yes all the time and then doesn't produce or says I'll be there Thursday at three and doesn't show up like those kinds of things break trust instantly. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's, that's one thing, be a man or woman of your word. That's, it's a huge piece, but they're also expecting more of a framework, right? They're expecting a step-by-step process throughout. So, you know, there's, there's basically four steps to our process and we teach this at length.
1: Can you hear me, Joshua? Call coming
2: into the office. I can, yeah. Sorry about that.
1: My, my, Corey Ballard texted me and then I turned my phone off and then I couldn't hear you, but now I can hear you
2: again. Perfect. Do you want me to pick up from there?
1: Yeah, you can keep going. I'm sure the audience heard you. I just, I got so many uh, bells and whistles with all this technology. I don't know half the stuff yeah. going on. So,
2: <laughs> one, one little text message throws totally. me off here. We continue. Please forgive me. No worries. No worries. So yeah, the first step, uh, it's to, you know, to have that first call come into the office, we call it the initial call and that's, that's okay. Is there any validity to what they're asking for? Do they want what we do? Mm-hmm. Right. It's pretty simple. Um, so we go through a process there to make sure that we can vet them uh, upfront so we don't waste their time and they don't waste ours. Mm-hmm. There's no point in taking any of our time and going out and think our award winning personalities are going to sell them something and ask for and, or don't want. Mm-hmm. So we want to make sure that we're on the same page. So that's the simplest part. Next is, you know, if you're doing a project. project. Project that requires design work, which typically is projects twenty five thousand dollars or more, or you have multiple facets coming together. Clients want to see what it's going to look like when it's done. They want that 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 surety, right? They Mm -hmm. want that uh, certainty that comes with it. So the design process. So this is how that would work. You would send them a questionnaire. We have one we work with our students with that we use in our practice. Um, And what that does is it's not just trying to be a pain in the neck and say, look, I need a ton more work for you to do, but you're trying to give a little homework. Do they really want you, Paul, Mm -hmm. or do they just want want somebody with a pulse, Mm -hmm. right? Some people, that's all they want. They just want a number fastest way to that number. So what they do is they say yes to everything, get you out there. Then they have five other guys lined up and the cheapest bid gets it. And if that's you, it's the fastest to the bottom, right? So, so giving them a little homework, let them work a little bit. And if they truly send it in only takes 10, 15 minutes and we frame it, it's Mm -hmm. all about the conversation. If you say you must, you know, turn in this, this questionnaire, or we will not do business with you, or we require it. Nobody wants to be forced to do things. Mm -hmm. So when you spin it around and say, guys, look, we've found in the last 20 years that we get the best results when we truly understand what you're trying to accomplish. So this questionnaire is going to help us get there a lot faster. So if you could please take 10, 15 minutes and fill it out, it's going to help us on our journey and get you more of what you want. Boom, everybody fills it out, right? That, That are truly want to work with you. So it's how you frame it. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's it. That's part of that conversation. That's part of our communication style that we work with and teach. Uh, From there, when they send that questionnaire back in, now it's a matter of having a phone call with both decision makers. Mm -hmm. I'm going to underline that both decision makers, because I don't know about you, Paul, but I'm a married man of almost 17 years and I'm not spending 50 or a hundred thousand dollars without my wife's input. You know, maybe some guys out there can get away with it or some girls out there can get away with it, but I don't know many who can. So (laughs) if you have somebody that comes on the phone and says, well, I make all the decisions in my house and my husband doesn't need to be around or my my wife doesn't need to be around BS. Mm-hmm. That's all I got to say, because the reality is at some point they're going to come back and be like, what are you doing? That is, that's not at all what I want. Next thing you know, you're three quarters away in this project. You've got all kinds of design revisions done. You're preparing proposals. And the other person, the 50% of the decision-making is not been present. They, they have not been heard and they come in and completely, you know, demolish what you've been doing and start over or do nothing. Mm -hmm. Now you've wasted all that time. Even if you're being paid for your design, which you better be um, still, it's a lot of wasted time for both people. So anyway, we go through that discovery call and make sure that we're all a good fit. We go through things like uh, hot button. So we figure out exactly what their main priorities are. We go through uh, budget. That's a huge piece. It's the easiest thing we teach is how to get budget on every single phone call to make sure you're on the same page before you ever leave the comfort of your office. And then we go through and make sure they realize they're going to be charged for design work, why, and what it means to them and how to get them both to agree before you ever step foot on their property. So you've, so, so far in this process, you've never left your office. And then we teach the, the, actually discovery meeting, the one you actually go to and knock them out of their chairs with amazing display of, of, of understanding and listening, which is what really forwards, you know, the project. So that's, that's the th- four steps that we work with.
1: Okay. The design payment, can you elaborate on how much do you charge? What, you know, how do you receive that money? How do you present the design? Walk us through all of that, please.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. So the way we teach and the way we do it in real life, this isn't just a bunch of stuff we tell people philosophically. We actually do this every day and so do tons of other students around the country. But anyway, they, uh, the process is that we do everything in a three-dimensional full-color model. So um, we want to make sure they can fully visualize the space again, because what is it going to look like and what is it going to cost me? So we got to make sure we can show them as accurately as possible. So we do the three-dimensional design and then we create what's called a budget study. And that budget study gives them a sense of what cost looks like. It's a range. We usually shoot a little bit high on this this part of the, the adventure, because in this part of the experience, if you end up telling them it's going to be, I'm just going to use numbers here, Paul, but if you're telling them, you know, the whole project's going to be 50 to $75,000 and you come in at $81,000 for the project, there's a high probability. They're going to be like, well, wait a minute here. This guy's trying to take advantage of me. There's a trust factor that's been breached. Right. But if you told them that the, the overall project, cause you shot a little high and said, okay, it's going to be 80 to 90,000. Uh-huh. They agreed to that. And you come in at 79 or 81, Guess who now has just built trust? Yep. So don't try to shoot low or don't use your low number on your scale. As you're, um, you know, as you're like, maybe if everything works out perfectly and the stars align, we might hit that level. Mm-hmm. It's more gonna be the higher number. You're just afraid to say that. Don't do that. I did that for years and I got screwed constantly that way. So now what we wanna make sure we do is that the low number of your ranges is the actual target that you know you can hit. And the higher one is if something goes crazy within your bidding structure or something you missed or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, because when you take that back to your client, you say, look, our budget study was at $80,000 and here's your bid for seventy nine. dollars or 80 or 81,000, they're going to be like, oh my goodness, I can trust this person. Yeah, that's great. Right? It's, it's a gigantic amount of trust built right there.
1: Um, And what's the um, amount that they pay you for the design and things like that? How do you know how much to charge them?
2: Yeah, so we do more of a flat rate. I know different people do different things, but doing this 20 some years, I found that you can have the best intentions and figure out it's going to take you 62 hours to do something or six hours. It doesn't matter, fill in the blank. And there's a chance that it's not going to be right anyway. So we do a flat rate where if it's a project that is, um, you know, no pool involved, like a backyard, maybe it's a deck, maybe it's a patio, you know, a combination fire pit, fireplace, roof system, whatever, you know, those typically range somewhere around three to $3,500 for those kinds of designs. And that gives you three dimensional concepts in a budget study. There are no line drawings for build. So that's not that's not where we are. So if somebody wants to do that, they got to take it to their contractor. If they decide to piece off from us and go do it themselves, they can do that, but they're on their own. Um, and if they do a pool, then it's typically 3,500 to 4,000, depending on you know, the intricacy of the design. And then if they want to add the front end, that adds to it as well. And, and if the house is a monster house, then that changes it too. But that's about an average of what we do uh, in order to make sure that the You know, that the client can um, fully visualize that space and we can take the time necessary to do this because I don't want everybody that comes and calls us to become a client. I mean, ideally, that'd be great. But the reality is, if we're trying to serve everybody, we can't serve the ones that truly value our value, our worth. And we're stuck trying to chase tons of shiny objects for a few that are going to get kind of pushed to the side and not handled well, because we don't have the time. Right. Okay. So it's a matter of making sure we're, we're moving through and finding the right clients that are willing to pay us what we're worth. So we can spend the right amount of time with them. We're not wasting our time with a bunch of people who eventually peel off later.
1: Talk a little bit about knowing what you're worth and, and knowing your numbers. How, how do you put together these quotes? Uh, how, how do you know what to charge? Where, where are you pulling these numbers from so that you're profitable?
2: Yes, yeah, so that's a great question, too. And we're design managers to be very clear. We're not design build here, so I don't have any in-house teams. Um, I don't even have a truck with a logo on it and I don't even have a shirt with a name on it. I've been doing this a long time. And, you know, last year we cleared over 4 million in sales, just in outdoor living. um, because, you know, we just focus on the customer experience throughout. Um, but with that being the case, you know, we get proposals from our different partners. We typically have two or three bids that come in from each partner on each project. So we can make sure everybody's being competitive and smart. We know that these, all these guys are, and girls are a players, So it's not really a question of whether there's the attention to detail or quality. That's always there. It's a matter now of who is uh, more efficient within their own business to do that. So if you have your own crews, that's a different story, right? You have to then manage that side of it. But we don't, you know, I did that for the first 15 years of my career and I decided I didn't want to do that anymore. I wanted to take the best of, of outdoor living and bring it into my world, which is, was more of a design manage model so that I don't have to deal with the trucks and the tons of employees and all that stuff. I didn't want to deal with that. I wanted to deal with going out. I wanted to be the designer that could come up with the craziest ideas and go out and find you know specialists that specialize in those categories so i never have to think like wait a minute here do i have a mason that can do that do i have a carpenter that can build that do i have a this that can do that like no no I, I know i've got a network now so i can just go out and pull the best to bring them to this project knowing who fits it best who's best at hardscape this kind of thing who does bluestone best i can bring them in and then they can do the project for us and then we can get the very best results for our clients so it sped that process up for us that's why i focused the last 11 years on building this practice in a design managed space but it's. As, far as being profitable, it's a margin above cost, right? So it's an X above cost. And what you need to know is what that looks like. Right. If you just guess, you know, I did for years, I guessed. And every year we had money in the bank at the end of the year and then I paid taxes and we started all over again at zero. And it's like every year started the new business. Right. I'm sure a lot of you guys can reflect each, each April 15th after your double slug, you're, you know, you're, you're paying off the last year plus paying your, uh, your, um, estimated taxes and actually like, oh crap, we got to start making money now. Right. So you just start taking projects on, even if you don't want them just to get some money in the bank, been there. And it seemed like for years, I started the new business every year that way. And I got tired of that. And I said, you know, we got to build a business that can run 365 days a year and not have to worry about winter and not have to worry about any of these different, different seasonalities as far as our cash flows. So that's why we got into this model and it works phenomenally that way. Um, but, you know, The bigger thing is to know what your margins are. And I made a huge mistake in the beginning where I thought that, you know, I basically as an owner, I just got what was left right after all the bills are paid and all the employees are paid and everything's taxes are paid. Whatever is left is mine. great. So we just want to make as much as we can. And that's that. But I read a book called Simple Numbers. Uh, Greg Crabtree wrote it and he talked about how as the owner, you should be your, your value, let's call it, say it's a 50 or hundred thousand, you put in your value, it doesn't matter. Whatever it would cost you to replace you and what you do in your business, that needs to go into the overall budget. And then the business needs to at least be profitable of, you know, the, the margin at the end needs to be at least five to 15% after you've paid yourself and all that. And I'm like, Oh boy, that changes things, doesn't it? Right. So I have to go back and look and where can we be more efficient work? And, you know, what does our margin need to be on every project in order to make sure that we're getting that five to 15% so my business can keep growing and I can still be offering the very best experience for my clients. So there's a lot of learning, constantly learning in this, this world. That's the beautiful part of I'm a lifelong learner. And, uh, You know, there's just there's so many people that have already solved problems out there. It's a hell of a lot faster just to go out and get those systems and processes and just bring them into your business as opposed to trying to recreate the wheel every single time.
1: That's so good. I wrote that down. Simple Numbers by Greg
2: Crabtree. Yeah, he's been on my podcast a bunch of times. Oh, really? He's awesome.
1: I I shouted Uh, him out in my book and I want to get him on my podcast. I just don't know. how, How did you get a hold of him? And how did you make that happen? He's a big fish, man.
2: Yeah. Thanks. No, I'm actually, um, they, they, they coach not necessarily coach more of my CFOs in that business. So they have an entire suite of services. And one of them is that you work with somebody who will then watch and monitor your numbers. And each month you have a meeting with them. I call it my CFO meeting and they, they monitor all that. And then we can also lay out their entire, like the next three months of you know, our estimated expectations and where we should be going and all that. So it gives me a crystal ball into the future. Plus they're also monitoring what they call their hundred company models. So they're watching, mm-hmm around the world what's going on economically Mm -hmm. and they're guiding and saying okay this is what we're seeing in the contracting world this is what we're seeing in manufacturing this is what we're seeing so they give us a lot more runway to understand how to adjust and pivot now before everybody else you know is here's too late and next thing you know their business is in the ground we're trying to be way ahead of that curve so that's the kind of you know, proximity is power when it comes to those things. So it's getting into the proximity of people who are seeing the bigger picture, more aggregated across so many different markets, so that they can guide you on how to be the best, how to guide your ship through these these uh, more tumultuous waters.
0: That's
1: that's really cool. When it comes to um, payment, uh, they pay you three or four grand to do the design. I'm, I'm assuming that's non refundable. They just pay you. You you present the what what the project's going to look like, they come back and they say, sign us up. What's the next step? And again, I know we have listeners in California and there's legalities mm-hmm. a- around the, the geography, but in Pennsylvania, what's kind of your next steps? How much money do you collect? How do you move the project forward once you get the green light?
2: Yeah. So it's, once the green light comes through, they've uh, they've approved the design, they've approved the budget study, so we're all on the same page. We know what it looks like, we know what it's going to cost. Now it's a matter of us getting all the final numbers from our uh, specialist, and we'll go out and actually create RFPs. We entire we've created an entire um, CRM we had a custom made for us that flows our exact company model, so that we don't try to you know trying to tap into somebody else's. We built this thing started seven eight years ago, and it's been the kind of the core of the business itself. So we send out all of our. our RFPs to all of our clients or all of our um, specialists. They then within seven days, send us back the, the pricing, you know, quotes for everything, uh, all broken out so we can see what's going on. And then from there, we, uh, you know, we, we feed that over to the clients through, uh, through our process. And the next thing, you now we get a green light and go, or we make some adjustments, whatever, but typically it's a 25% down 25% when we start 25% about mid project, and then 25%, which can be broken up in progress payments as we finish. Cause the th- the, the overall theme here paul and you know this and i want to make sure the listeners know this is you should never be funding projects out of your own pocket that all materials all labor all everything needs to come out of your customers pocket because without them asking for the service there would be no cost incurred so this should never be something you float on a line of credit or anything like that this should always be coming from their pocket and if you are out of pocket on a line of credit be watchful because all it takes is one or two things to switch it up. And next thing you know, client backs out or whatever. And now you're you're paying for their project. So be very careful with that. Uh, but it should always be coming out. So we don't pay our subs until we get paid from our clients. And now we're very efficient with that. So we never have an issue. But we want to make sure we're treating our subs just like our clients, right? They're humans too. We want to make sure they're getting paid in under 30 days. Not 60 or 90 and pulling them out because you're kind of then they've got to go into their pockets and pull out and pay for those things. And next thing you know, they're like, I don't want to work with you anymore because it's too expensive. You just don't pay on time. So we're trying to break that model for them as well and try to pay them as fast as possible so that we can uh, keep that relationship as, as solid as possible that way. But uh, so that's how we would do it. We want to make sure that we're, yeah, as we get paid, then we pay so that we never have that issue. Now, what we did for the longest time was I used to do a, a one third, one third, one third breakdown. And the problem was, I would get paid more for my portion up front. But then a year from then, if the project took that long or it wasn't until then, until we started it, I was using profit from old projects, you know, Back then, And then when it came a year later, I had no profit left in that project because I was just paying bills at the end of it. So it became a little bit uh, bumpier. So we've uh, recently broken this out with COVID in longer time frames. We broke it out to, you know, uh, four slugs of 25 with the last one being a progress payment toward the completion of the project. This way we're never out of pocket for cash.
1: Okay. Very interesting. I appreciate you sharing that, Joshua. What would you say to the guy out mowing lawns right now for, you know, 75 bucks a pop and he's hearing about these big jobs and you know swimming pools and backyard patios and fire pits and water features and it's like you know the skill set might right now might be for mowing edge trim blow maybe flinging some mulch and putting in you know a couple uh, flowers how do you begin to um, you know start to get into maybe these larger ticket priced projects what's kind of the segue into learning more about you know the big money projects
0: entrepreneur academy live is back and better than ever lal 22 live saturday november 12th in novi michigan join 400 fellow law entrepreneurs and learn from some of the best in the industry at this powerful conference that will help you grow your business speakers include james Mansky, mike andes paver pete troy clog nick carlson and Mark Bradley of LMN, just to name a few. Get your ticket now for the early bird price of $197. The price goes up the end of September. Your ticket covers access to the conference, lunch on Saturday, and free admission to the Friday night go-kart races. It's going to be so much fun. We'll see you in Novi, Michigan, Saturday, November 12th. LAL 22 Live. Sponsored by Xmark Ballard Products. Shore Track. Kelly and Sons Trailers, and Yardbook. Grab your ticket now at LauntrepreneurAcademy.com. Ever wish you could monitor your vehicles, drivers, and equipment in live time to improve routes, enhance job site planning, and save your business money? Well, with GPS TrackIt, your wish is our command. When you integrate GPS TrackIt with your company vehicles, you get a 24-7 view of your vehicles, so you operate at crazy levels of efficiency. It's money-saving, peace of mind, lawn and landscaping companies deserve. Ever wish every day was Donut Friday? Us too, but we can't help with that. Talk with one of our fleet advisors. No pressure, no hassle. Call 1-844-996-2518 or visit gpstrackit.com slash Paul to learn more. GPS Track It. Hey, you. Yeah, you. You're out there in the field mowing lawns, making money, working hard, but for every dollar you make, you're worried. Worried that you spend too much, worried that you won't make payroll, or worried you'll generate a big financial mistake. Simply put, you don't know your numbers you're not alone the landscaping bookkeeper has helped dozens of eager lawn care owners organize their numbers learn the language of business and build a solid financial foundation start your journey from simply earning money to creating a long-lasting source of income today by scheduling a free 15-minute phone call
2: at thelandscapingbookkeeper.com so it's not for everybody let me be quite honest with you it's a very different animal I personally never mowed much except for my own yard. Um, So that was never, that wasn't my story starting up. You know, I started right in the garden center and started right out from there, you know, planting trees and eventually into building stuff. And I've been doing that for a long time. But, you know, when it comes down to it, you need to first figure out why. If it's just for money, then you might just end up with money and that's it. And I know that probably sounds... Counterintuitive to most because that tends to be the success goal is the money. But if you get there and you're hollow because you don't have a strong why, you don't understand why it makes sense for you, then it really becomes uh, a very much a uh, uh, non fulfilling. Journey. I hope that makes sense to people out there. I hope I'm not talking too, too far over, but the reality is, is find out why. So if it's because I love building cool stuff, like for instance, outdoor living for me, is because I love solving fun problems. I love seeing families come together outside in spaces that we created. I love the journey along the way with them. I love how... They're unsure than sure. And then we're we're helping them through that experience to find the very best results. And we're taking things out of the design and putting things back in and some would be pulling their hair out. And we're like, well, it doesn't matter. At the end of the day, we want to make sure every single thing, every single square foot that we put in that backyard, that it has value and that they're using it. You know, first thing I'll do, I'll tell people is like, look, don't buy a fire pit if you're not going to use it. If you're going to burn it once or twice a year, why spend $5,000 on a fire pit? You're going to kick for most 362 days of the year.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, it's a your patio. You can't use that space for anything else. So don't put it, do a fire table. They cost two, three grand. You can move them around. You can switch things up, all of that kind of stuff, save people some money, mm-hmm. right? So the bigger question here, as you ask somebody going from lawn care into outdoor living is why, why is it important to you? If you love building cool stuff, you love doing that. That's amazing. Then start out. Start out with some smaller projects, get your feet wet, make sure it's good for you. Maybe you want to hire people to do that and you want to manage them as opposed to having all the crews and the equipment and all that in-house and maybe not, but figure out why it's important to you. That's the, that's the key to all of this, Paul, because that's, what's going to pull you forward when things get tough and Trust me, things will get tough at times. So you're going to need to have that solid pull forward. Uh, a push doesn't get you far, but a pull will. And that's what your why will. So figure out what what are you passionate about, why that makes a lot of sense to you and what you really hope to get from it. So plan plan with the end in mind to start with.
1: And can you please elaborate, Joshua, a little bit on mindset? I see some of your clips on social media and, and I know you're passionate about mindset. How how's, do we um, elevate the way we think And uh, just give us some of your best nuggets and tips on uh, how we can enhance our
2: mindset. So, I mean, there's a thousand answers for that, but I'll give you the simplest ones. It's about discipline, right? Right we can all hope and dream. We can look at social media and see people posting cool stuff and say, that's really nice. You know, that's really cool. Okay. That's good for them. That's great. But what does it mean for me at the end of the day? Right. And what I struggle with, and I'm only saying this because I've gone down this journey and thank God I've gotten through it. But the reality is that I didn't have the discipline back in the day. You know, I was running a business. I have a family. I have two sons. married. I've been in 17 years this year and I love being around my family and doing stuff. But my business was consuming my life every minute of my, my conscious thinking, all of that stuff, I would show up to my family and I would be thinking about business and not actually there. You know, I'd be at the game, I'd be at the Boy Scout event or something like that. But my, I'm texting, I'm doing I'm emailing, I'm, I'm always too important and too busy to be there present with them. So what I found over time is that I need to stop that. And I started this, to create more discipline in my life, you know, and, and I started thinking, okay, now I need to make more discipline. So what does that even mean? So I've, I've done tons of events. I've, I've done a lot of personal growth in the last seven years of my life. Um, and now I have the blessing to coach and a privilege to coach, you know, people around the country and teach them things. But the reality is that it all comes down to discipline. What are you willing to do in private that makes you a better person each and every day? And to commit to going to the gym for an hour every single morning while running a company is a lot, mm-hmm. right? To commit to reading one chapter of a book every day is a lot, especially after the 27th day when you just don't feel like it anymore. Do you know? Or, do you know about audio books, Joshua? No, but even that, you know what I mean? Like I don't drive man. a lot anymore, but I know oh, I got you. i would be getting it
1: in, man. I'll be, i be cranking yeah. out books on audio, audio <laughs> chapter, man. I, I get a chapter
2: one. That's, that's easy, man. But it, at the, at the end of the day, Paul, it's not the, it, it's not the promises that we keep to other people that define who we are. It's the promises we keep to ourselves. That's where confidence is built. Discipline is where confidence is built. And once you're confident, if you're going from lawn care into outdoor living and you have a confidence about it, you're going to go much faster than if you go in there completely, you know, uh, unsure and, and and kind of sketchy and shaky when you're going to meet somebody with no confidence because you're just kind of trying this thing out. And the old, uh, um, you know, the old adage of not knowing really what you're doing and they kind of sense it and this imposter syndrome kicks in and like all mm-hmm. this stuff starts happening and you can't manage your mindset. You're going to crash and burn. Mm-hmm. So. My point is, instead of saying, look, I'm going to go to the gym for every single day for an hour, I'm going to read a book or a page every single day or something crazy that you're going to, you know, going to burn right off of that quick. Set micro rituals. Mm-hmm. Micro rituals look like this. I'm going to commit to reading one page of a book each day. Or I'm going to commit to running a half a mile each day. Or I'm going to commit to doing one push up each day. Something simple, or I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna commit to meditating for five minutes a day, whatever it might be, praying. You you fill in the blank, something, but don't break off of it. Just do it. And when you do that each day, and you you can start with one, and you can then add and add and add if you'd like, but 15, 20 minutes of a day, you kept your promise to you. And when you do that, when you open that book, you're not gonna read just one page. There's a high probability most days you're gonna read two, three, four, five, ten. I find myself an hour later reading, or running. It's like a half a mile. Dude, five miles later, I'm still running, right? So, or push-ups. One, who does one push-up? I can do ten. Pretty soon, you're doing fifteen. That's how you build confidence. It's those micro rituals and those commitments that you've made to yourself that you follow through on. That's how you'll become a beast when it comes to running a business, be, coming home and being the best father and husband or wife and, 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 and mother, whatever it might be. That's how you start that process is by keeping those commitments to yourself and the discipline and sticking with them. Because then you know you'll stick through anything. All right, that's good, Joshua.
1: Well, is there anything we're leaving out here that you uh, want to share with my audience?
2: At this point, guys, if you're out there working and I know you're working your tails off out there, the heat and everything in the summertime, I get it. Right. Just make sure you're stopping and focusing on. I like to call them the four F's. Right. You've got faith, family, you have finance and you have fitness. They all imagine them all being legs to a table. And your best life lives on top of that table. And if you focus on one more than the other, what happens when you have one leg that's really long and the rest are really short? Table falls over. So each day, back to the micro rituals, make sure you're building each one of those just a little bit. So maybe in faith, you meditate or pray. Mm -hmm. Maybe in family, you spend five minutes. You commit to five minutes with your family. You're going to do more than that. Just present with them. Mm -hmm. Next is going to be finance. You read a book, one page. That's all you're committing to. And then you have fitness. Figure out what it is. Maybe it's that one push up. Maybe it's the, a walk with your your wife or husband, right? Commit each day to that as a discipline, and you're going to see your life explode because everything will rise in an equal fashion. And if you feel one's getting heavier than the other, you need to start adjusting that, but you need to be conscious of those things. And when you do, you will then leave a life or, or lead a life that uh, empowers everybody around you, and you're going to feel much better because you don't feel like you're all focused on one piece. So if I can leave any piece of information, that would be the one to start today.
1: Yeah, that, that preludes me. I was going to do an episode later this week, Joshua called the five F's, which was, uh, I have it written down in in my office, another room, but it was, um, uh, family, finance, friendship, faith. And there's one other one.
2: They all started with F. What was your four? Uh, mine was fitness was the one you're fitness That's so the one I'm fit, Family, fitness and finance. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So that was the five F's. I guess that table might be a yeah. little wobbly, but if if you, and, and the, <laughs> I heard
2: this, it's extra supported.
1: <laughs> yeah. I heard this from uh, Daniel and I was listening to his podcast and he was talking about the five F's. Mm-hmm. He's like, you want to continuously be evaluating those five, because mm-hmm. if you're not evaluating how you're doing with your family, how you're doing with your finance, and they're all interconnected family, finance, friendship, uh, faith and fitness. He's like, you never want to be going backwards in one of those areas. So if, if fitness, that's right. you know, fitness, you're like, oh, I, I went to the gym and my gut, my gut grew and, and, uh, you know, you always want to be improving your fitness, improving your finance, improving your friendships, improving your family. Uh, excuse me. I don't have my notes in front of me. It's new information to me, but that's crazy. I heard that literally yeah. yesterday. I wrote it down as a show topic mm-hmm. and now you're talking about it today. That's pretty cool. So I think I'm going to do that whole episode, um, on those five things. And, uh, there was this, I was also listening to a story the other day, this, Super successful business guy. It, not, well, depending on how you call it successful, he he made a bunch of money, made a big business, but he didn't even know his friends' kids' names. Like when his hmm. uh, friends would come over, and so, um, I don't want to go down that whole thing, but the point was, true success isn't just having a bunch of money in the bank. True success is if you know. And I don't have kids, but if the kids are over and they're playing, you, you know you know, your little son's friends names, like you're, you're involved enough in their life that you actually, you know, know that, that information. And so anyway, oh. uh, you got me all fired up. I'm going to do a whole episode now off of that topic right there. I love it. I love it. Yeah. And I also like what you said about, it's not about just chasing the money because obviously you can only make 75 bucks, hundred bucks cutting someone's grass. I mean, unless they got a bigger property, maybe you can make a little bit more, but just because, you you can get more money to, to put in a a stone patio paver or a swimming pool or, you know, all the, all the features of a back door. What do you like to do? Because I know for me and for some other folks, we just like turf. Like it's, it's, Mm -hmm. uh, it's nerdy, but I like a blade of grass looking perfect, you know, with no weeds in it and just looking perfect. Like, I mean, for me, that's more fun. Uh, building Mm -hmm. a patio be like, Oh my gosh. Like, I, I don't even know. Like I, Uh, So I think you got You got to figure out what your wheelhouse is, um, because I'm not saying everyone needs to be in the outdoor spaces or everybody needs to be real mowing Bermuda grass. But, you know, find your sweet spot. And it sounds like you definitely found your sweet spot.
2: It is. And the way, you know, is when you get in the flow state. So if anybody Mm -hmm. out there has ever been doing something and they lose track of time and each time they do that thing, they lose track of time. You're in flow state. So how do you make money doing that? It's the simplest question if, if it's for you just you know mowing lawn and just being out there in nature and just knowing you're doing a great job and it's going to look amazing when it's done you've striped it perfectly and there's no weeds like that brings you pride and you lose track of time for me it was designed for many years I'd get onto the computer and I start designing and the whole day would go by and I'd be like oh my goodness that that day's gone. That's amazing. Look what I did. Right. Then I knew I was in flow state. I knew it wasn't the right thing, but you can also tell the opposite too. When every time you have to do something, uh, you fill in the blank next thing, you know, you're like, I hate this. This is no wow. good. I don't like this. First of all, figure out why you're feeling that way. Go a little deeper, see what it is. Probably some kind of head trash going on in your head. Uh, and then if, Hey, you look, that just doesn't bring me any joy. Find somebody that it does bring joy to. There's, there's people out there. I look at accountants all the time. I don't know how they do what they do. Right. I don't, <laughs> I, I like numbers to the point of business. Right. But I don't yeah. like counting beans. That's not my thing But Some of those guys and girls, they light up when you give them numbers. Right. So I'm like, give them more of what they love Mm -hmm. and empower them with what you don't want. And there's plenty of people to fill those gaps. So
1: good. Uh, Let us know uh, your handles, your podcast, your Yes Express, anything that that you want to share with my audience. If you guys have found value from Joshua today, please go and and connect with his his ecosystem. He's got uh, trainings, teachings, podcasts, all kinds of social media. Go ahead and, and let people know how they can connect with you.
2: Absolutely. So what I want to offer your your listeners here, if they'd like to, we have a free uh, sales bootcamp. So we have a bunch of videos on a platform that you guys can go into and take a look. It'll give you a crash course into, you know, how to become more effective in the sales side. Because th- to be honest with you, Paul, I hate the word sales because it's, it seems sleazy, nasty. You figured like this gonna, guy's going to come out and try to sell you a car. Right. I like to consider it more of a sales guide because you're guiding people. So if that feels you know better to you, that you can help people solve problems. And as you mentioned earlier, win-win scenarios, because that's the only way we do things um then text freedom to 33777 Again, Freedom to 33777. It'll just ask for your email address and you can go right in and you can watch the videos that are there. And It'll give you a bunch of information to be you know, help you become more dangerous in the sales side of things or the guiding side of, of your business. Um, you can also take a look at our website. It's yes.express. There's no .com there, so it's yes.express. Uh, or you can even listen to our podcast, which is the Outer Spaces podcast. It's on all the platforms. Uh, everywhere you can listen to a podcast. Again, it's called Outer Spaces. So um, That's your best way to connect with us and you know, if anybody out there is, you know, is curious about what we talked about, I'd love to help if I can in any way, even if you don't buy anything from me, I'm here to help. Are you guys going to the equip expo this year? Uh, we're not going to the expo this year. No, this we're year. doing a bunch of private events and okay. uh, we won't be going there. Yeah. All right. That's where I met you last yeah. year in person. That's right. I remember that. Yeah. We finally met after the podcast. Yeah. So cool guys.
1: Well, I really appreciate your time, uh, Joshua, and, and thanks for giving me uh, my new episode Uh, stay tuned for later in the week. We'll, we'll have the, the five F's, uh, in there. I'm going to add friend. I'm going to add friendship because I'm single and I don't have a family. And, and, you Mm -hmm. know, for me, friendships, like with Mr. Mr. Producer is one of my best friends. I think he called me like four times yesterday. And, Mm uh, you know, I have friendships and if, you know, if I didn't have those, the, the loneliness and the solitude and the isolation, I think would be, um, very negative in my life, but, but friends is what kept me, you know, focused until, you know, Lord will and I can get a wife and kids and 17 year marriage. I, that stuff's awesome, but uh, I'm not quite there yet. So working on it.
2: No, it, it'll all come in time, brother, when it's all meant to be. And uh, I have nothing but uh, big hopes for you and big ideas that everything's going to roll out just well. But um, but yeah, no, that's great, dude. Five Fs, four Fs, as long as you're following some framework that you're keeping each one of those growing each and every day, it's just two millimeters. You don't need to go all balls at a wall and blow a whole leg up on that table. Just two millimeters, just every day like (laughs) snow, it stacks, it accumulates (laughs) and pretty soon you've got feet and feet of it. So it takes time. Yeah, that's good.
1: All right, um, Joshua. Well, I appreciate uh, your time and you guys can go to uh, give us that number again, freedom, text it to.
2: Yeah. So text freedom to 33777. And we have a free boot camp on there. You can grab some information to make you dangerous in the sales arena. There
1: you go. Well, I appreciate your time, Joshua. Thank you very much, Paul.
2: And I look forward to chatting in the future.
1: Well, guys, I hope you enjoyed today's program. I definitely appreciate Joshua being back on the show again. He adds value every time he's on the program, and he actually invited me to be a guest on his show again. So that was a unique episode. I thought we were going to talk, you know, like we did today, sales, numbers, things of that nature. And somehow he got me deep into talking about algorithms and best practices for TikTok and social media and all that fun stuff. So I, I definitely have a passion for the internet, which I might do a whole episode one day, Mr. Producer, on what happened to me in October of 2019 um, when I visited uh, Facebook and Instagram and YouTube and all Google and all those places, Apple. Uh, it was a really, really life-changing trip I went on to when I went to those places, like the actual physical place where, you know, the headquarters are. And uh, that's a whole nother show for another day, because after that trip, I the way I view connecting on the Internet and social media, uh, it's just radically transformed. So anyway, uh, if you want to hear that conversation, I'm not exactly sure when Joshua was dropping that podcast, but check out his podcast. It's called the Outer Spaces podcast, I believe. And uh, you can listen to that episode, plus check out the other shows uh, that he has. Now, on today's program, Joshua mentioned the CRM that he uses that was custom made. I don't even know how to do that. That sounds super cool, but uh, that's way beyond my pay grade. Uh, The CRM that I use, and it gets the job done for me, is Jobber. And so if you guys need a CRM to organize and manage your business and to send out your quotes through and do your scheduling through and really make a seamless customer experience where you're not communicating with them and you know from five different angles but everything's kind of in a home base of a customer relationship manager check out jobber they have a huge summer sale uh going on currently where you're getting 40 percent off your first 12 months i'm not exactly sure when that ends so uh, if you missed the sale, I, I don't have the, the date of when that ends. I just know it's for a very limited time here in the summer of 2022. But nevertheless, they also offer a free 14-day trial just for you to get in and uh, interface with uh, Jobber. See um, how it can help you stay organized and scale your business and have everything um, tidy and in one place. So uh, you can check that out by clicking in the link in today's show notes. On the link in today's show notes, it's getjobber.com forward slash paul. Again, that's getjobber.com forward slash Paul. And the hyperlink will be in today's show notes as well. Thanks for listening, friends. Smash that follow button. And we hope to catch you on the next episode of the Green Industry Podcast.
0: This has been a Jameson Media and Mr. Producer production. This is your moment. Your moments move forward